0: Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Today is... Today is... The 88th episode. How about that? You guys are part of the 88th episode of the Stuff I Heard Podcast. And today it just happens to be the Ides of March. Ooh, beware the Ides of March. Wasn't that a thing from uh, Julius Caesar's um, Shakespeare, beware the Ides of March, and then they up and killed him on on the Ides of March. Um, yeah. So anyway, today's March fifteenth and it's hot here in Florence, South Carolina today. It is up to eighty degrees already in March and shouldn't be this warm this early. And the plants and the, and the, the bees and the mosquitoes and the birds are all confused. They're like, Should we come out? I don't know. There's supposed to be some frost left. What how are we all of a sudden at this time of the year and Oh my God, I can't believe it's this time. And and it is this time. It's cr- it's crazy enough. The hood of my car looks like a yellow puff bunny just landed on it and took a giant fart on, and, and it all the dust. That's a very weird creative way to say that I got a lot of pollen on my truck. There's a lot of pollen everywhere. There's a pollen in the air. I need to cut the grass. Even though there's no grass, it's more weeds. I need to cut the weeds. But I'm afraid to go out there because the yellow is blowing around in the neighborhood. I mean it's almost like you need to put on a protective coating of, you know, special equipment. Kinda like uh oh, what's his name in uh breaking bad in the in the full suit with the with the respirator. It's almost like you have to have that in order to just experience life outside this time of year. I mean, crazy enough as it is, I mean, it's just yucky outside. I mean, Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful outside. The plants are starting to bloom, all of the leaves are starting to appear, and they're in their bright, vibrant color. And you know, flowers are starting to reveal themselves, and it's like, oh, look, it's so pretty! But also, it's so nasty because the yellow fog of pollen just blows around, and it's like, that's gonna get everywhere, and it will get everywhere if I go outside. I just got over a cold and if I go outside, it's all going to get in my face and it's going to like, you know, it's like almost like an alien being like it's going to take over and like, you know, make you just instantly ill. It's like a parasite. It's like, if it was a science fiction movie, there'd be little microscopic, you know, alien invaders. And they're like, quick, get inside the human's nose. Oh, we're going to live here now. Embed yourselves in his nasal cavity. We're going to do this, you know. and, And then before you know it, you're just like, I can't breathe. I'm so sick. I need to see a doctor. And like, exactly. According to our plan, we get to go to the doctor and get some of that medicine that makes us stronger and super absorbent and really awesome. And then we can bust out of this human shell and take over the planet. Of course, I may be overthinking it a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I listened to uh, Burt Kreischer's recent episode on the Burt cast where he interviewed Dane Cook. And a lot of people uh, know who Dane Cook is because, you know, he's a famous comedian and actor and, and he's a comedic actor and all that stuff. I mean, but he's a comedian first. And <clears throat> I guess he would be in the generation of my brother's generation about 12 years back of the zeitgeist of popularity. He was the, I guess, my brother being of the age where he was a a teenage boy turning into a man, and the Internet was suddenly booming. The Internet became what it is today during his lifetime. And Dane Cook was an essential part of that. He had his finger on the pulse of society and wanted to be everywhere. He wanted to have his his outlet to his fans without any interruption. So he would invest time and effort and energy into learning technology and learning new platforms like Friendster back before it was Facebook. And then eventually he got onto MySpace, and MySpace blew up. And so he talks about that a little bit on the podcast, about how he had somehow gotten in touch with the people of Green Day, and he's like, You know, he said. I remember chatting back and forth with them over. You know, holy crap! I don't know what happened, but I just increased a hundred thousand followers in a day. And they're like, "Yeah, us too." What? That's so weird. And it's like, "Yeah, man." And you know, he was sort of the first person, one of the first people, comedians to build their own website. Like they paid a lot of money back in the day to build websites. Nowadays, you can just use like Wix and Squarespace and stuff like that to create your own website. Um, by the way, I, I would, I would be down to that. I think I could do that. I don't know what the heck I would use a, a website for or what I would sell or even do with it, but it's kind of cool. I mean, in their field, they got to have it so that they can share content, so that they can sell tickets, so that they can sell merch and all that kind of stuff. I'm just a dude who works and has a microphone and a camera and I appreciate every one of you guys for tuning in and checking me out and being a part of this, but you know, Dane inspired me because, uh, in a lot of ways, his energy on stage was infectious. Like he would take the stage and just like his physical comedy was over and above what most people would do. And he would really put himself out there. I mean, he would just go all out trying to entertain people. And, you know, he talks about how his mother was one of his biggest fans and she was like, oh, you're doing great. You know, just keep doing this. And I see this in your future and I see that in your future. And he's like, she even saw it when I didn't see it. And, and for me being a, being a, you know, kind of a, a shy, quiet ish person growing up. And during that time I was learning to get on stage and sing karaoke and, and that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I had actually started to tell jokes as an open micer um, at a local club that had comedy. They had comedy on Mondays and I would go in there and they would do a thing where, you know, we don't really have an opener, but the comedian's coming on at this time and, hey, you guys want to get up here and tell a joke? Maybe you can win dinner. And I, and I had jokes, I had jokes, jokes I'd heard, jokes I'd thought of, jokes I would had, you know, someone would say a joke in the crowd and I go, you should tell that. And they go, I can't get on stage. You tell it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I didn't care about getting on stage because I would channel my inner Dane Cook of, let me just get on stage and just talk. And it was really strange because in one instance, like you're afraid to get up there in front of people. But in the other instance, you're like, yeah, but I want to, I want to say this thing that I think is funny. Cause I I think you guys are going to think it's funny too. And You know, I heard Whitney Cummings talk about this. She said that um, people are afraid to get in front of people, like public speaking. A lot of people have fear, legitimate fear, of public speaking. She said they're they're afraid of public speaking because of the history of people. A long time ago, if you were standing in front of a group of people, it was because your community, your tribe, your whatever, your village would uh, basically you would be in trouble for something. And they would make you stand in front of them while they berated you with questions and maybe threw stones at you or whatever, and you had to plead your case. And so, there's a natural, ingrained, genetic fear of standing in front of people and talking. And comedians do it all the time. Uh, you see, you know, announcers do it all the time. You know, orators and stuff like that you do it all the time. Uh, but comedians are the are the rare exception because you know they're up there. They're a little uncomfortable. They got their own weird, broken life, and yet they're supposed to somehow make you forget about your life and enjoy your evening and laugh and not only enjoy it, but want to come back and do it again and you know, Dane was one of the best Dane uh, sort of blazed different pathways that weren't there before. Um, he wasn't afraid to take chances and he wasn't afraid to he wasn't afraid to fail. Um, and, and he may not say that he may say that, you know, of course I was afraid to fail. He talks about having a panic attack when he got an offer to go, uh, try out for Saturday night live. He's standing in front of the NBC rock studios and he had a panic attack and he's like, I can't go in. I, I just can't do it. He said, no, I didn't do it. And years later I thought, God, I should have done it. I should have done it. I don't know what I was worried about, but you know, in life you have moments like that where, You can let yourself be defeated by things or you can overcome them. And, you know, I'm sure later on in life when he was faced with obstacles, he remembered that moment and he thought back and said, you know, I'm not going to let that kind of stuff define my life. I'm going to, I'm going to achieve the things I say I'm going to achieve and I'm going to go after it. And, you know, I've, I've tried to live that way myself. Um, when an opportunity comes, you're supposed to step up and, and, and answer the call. Um, so yeah, So there's that. Uh, I had a long conversation with my friend Greg the other night. Greg, uh, lives in Albany, Georgia and is a nurse practitioner and a lead singer in a cover band, a nineties cover band called 95. Um, I'm trying to get him to start his own podcast. He's into some interesting things. One of the, one of the more interesting things that, that that I think that he would be good at is talking about bourbons. Now, I got to ask, if if you were, are you a bourbon aficionado? Are you a, a connoisseur of bourbons? Um, and if you were, would you enjoy talking or to or listening to people discuss bourbons and the difference between the bourbons and that sort of thing? Um, I'm curious. Like, give me some feedback. Let me know. Uh, I'm trying to help him figure out how to get his idea started, um, and it's just a matter of doing, you know, I told him, I said, you can intend to do all this crap, t- but until you actually do it, you're you're just spinning your wheels, we have a friend of ours named Josh West, and he'll never listen to this podcast, so I can talk trash about him right now, Josh West uh, had said back when I did this podcast with him in Myrtle Beach, we had a guy's weekend, and I and I sat us down, and we recorded some stuff, and he said, I'm going to start a pickleball podcast. And my first question was, what's pickleball? Because I don't, I don't know what pickleball is. Now, I have learned what pickleball is since then a little bit. It's sort of like, I guess, racquetball in a way. Um, but your, your, I guess your paddle or whatever you want to call it, your racket is a little bit different. I don't. I don't totally understand pickleball. Okay, I'll just be honest. I'm. Ass, I'm assuming that it doesn't involve a pickle. That's what I'm assuming. That's that's the extent of my knowledge of pickleball. How about that? So anyway, my buddy, he's into this thing and he likes playing. He likes playing pretty competitively because that's the kind of person he is. And he, you know, I want to start a pickleball podcast. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of a niche audience. I mean, I, I'm sure there's folks out there that wouldn't mind listening to or talking about pickleball, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I I don't know. This is totally outside my world. I mean, I'm sure that uh, somewhere out there there's a curling podcast and there's top curlers who all talk to people who are curler enthusiasts and they all discuss about how they send the little clay doohickeys down the ice and they sweep and uh, once in a while they uh, drink beer, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't know anything about curling either. I know more about curling though, than I do pickleball. So there's, there's your level of niche market. Okay. You got, you got, you know, NFL, uh, college, uh, football, college basketball, um, you know, baseball, basketball, you know, basketball, hockey, soccer, um i'm ranking them in order of of crap that i know anything about um and then somewhere down there is uh curling and at the very bottom like if there's a graph the very bottom one is just the word pickleball and it's a there's a circle with a pickle on it and there's a cross through it and it says not that kind of pickle that's that, that's my extent of knowledge of pickleball so He's not going to listen to this, and, and if you know Josh West, please reach out to him and tell him that I think he's an idiot for not at least following through with his dumb plan. Um, it could be something. I mean, I could be the dummy. I'm okay with being the dummy. Just, if you have an idea for something, what are you, what are you waiting for? Do it. Do the thing you want to do. You're not guaranteed any time on this earth. If there's something you want to do, do it. Quit wasting time. You're wasting time. That's just it. You're wasting time. I'm wasting time right now. In a way, not really. I mean, I like you guys. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's one of my brother's things. <laughs> I don't. I don't know where my brother and his wife got it from, but they got this. They started this thing where they like they they they'll get fussy with each other and they go. But then, but I mean, I like you. I guess you know. And it's kind of cute and adorable. I don't know. I don't really know what it means or what it's from, but it's adorable. It's just one of their little things that I've adopted and not many people get, but whatever. So, uh, I've talked to dad. He's enjoying the Rambler. Um, he said that the fuel pump had a leak and he replaced the fuel pump and, or fixed the leak or one of the two. And he's driving the Rambler all over the, the countryside of Georgia and having a blast. So that's really cool. um I'm doing woodworking projects, not that anybody cares, but uh, yeah, I'm playing around with this wood. I'm using this this glass epoxy uh glaze stuff that hardens It's the kind of stuff if you' ever been a bar that's got the bottle caps inside the bar uh this is the stuff that they use this is a similar product that they use. they fill it they just pour it on there and it self levels and then when it hardens, it looks like glass and it's real smooth and it's pretty that's what I've got in the garage right now. Um, I covered the original piece of wood that I was working on. The second piece of wood I have done, uh, I've put a few coats of polyurethane clear on it. And um, I put some of that glaze stuff in the deepest recesses. I taped up the other side, hoping that this stuff wouldn't seep through. Um, but just in case I put a tarp underneath it and, as I'm putting the stuff on, I realize that it's seeping through and there's, even though I taped it, even though, you know, whatever wood's porous tape, doesn't always hold to everything, but, but it was an effort. And for whatever reason, it just didn't hold, but that's fine. If some of it holds and some of it hardens, then at least it'll harden in, in a way that maybe the next coat will stay. That's my hope. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Um, While dad was here um, and he and I were talking about this stuff, I bought that glaze with him. Uh, He was telling us about bumping into um, Eric Polston and his wife down in Florida when they went down to visit Bill and Merle. And uh, Eric is uh, a YouTuber and actually works at Disney as a carpenter. Um, That's what, that's how dad described him. Um, He's been on my YouTube a bit, commenting and stuff like that, and I've recently found him on Instagram, and um, as big a nut as my wife is about Disney, and I am, it'd be kind of cool to meet up with him at some point, and as an employee, maybe he could uh, give us a tour of something that we don't normally see. We've been so many times now, like, we enjoy going just to go, and just to experience it, and we could actually go and not ride anything, and just walk around, because it's so pretty. Um and I wouldn't mind going with someone who knows a little more, like, hidden behind-the-scenes stuff. We did the Keys of the Kingdom tour, and we enjoyed it. And, you know, Eric, if you're listening to this, um, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm up for meeting and, and YouTubing and podcasting and whatever. Um, but I would love, a, I'd love to hang out with you and, and walk around the, the Magic Kingdom and maybe learn some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, we go all the time. So we could just coordinate sometime when we're going and say, Hey, let's meet up. (laughs) Uh, I would like to get to the point where we are like annual pass holders and could actually go that many times. Uh, we're not there yet. Uh, but you know, we could very well get there at some point. Um, so anywho, this is St. Patty's day weekend. um, the 17th, looking on my calendar, says it's St. Patty's Day. In years past, when I was a young man, this was the holiday you go out and you drink a lot and you wear green or don't or whatever, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Um usually comes with a hangover and not a pot of gold. Um, but I heard a commercial today for a church saying how St. Patrick was actually a Catholic or a a Christian priest in Ireland and that it's a holy day and, you know, let's celebrate this as it was supposed to be celebrated, uh, remembering uh, the, the gifts that he gave and the sacrifices and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's more information than I ever knew. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to transition this to tell you all about Saint Patty, but this isn't that podcast. This is stuff I heard. This is not stuff I looked up. So if you want to go to the stuff I looked up, that's a different podcast. It's probably hosted by somebody really smart. Um, maybe Dan Carlin. You know, he does the Hardcore History podcast. Uh, he he may have that kind of podcast on you know who Saint Patty was. I am surprised they haven't done a JJ J. Abrams version of Saint Patty where he's like an outlaw vampire or something you know, uh, one of those weird graphic novel type shows, they could really do a weird spin on it nowadays, I feel like, people go watch that, right, if St. Patty was a, was actually a vampire, or a vampire hunter, ooh, like Abraham Lincoln's story, remember that, anybody watch that piece of crap movie, where Abraham Lincoln was a, was a vampire hunter, yeah, I watched that piece of crap, that was garbage, that was a garbage movie, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, speaking of garbage movies, I watched uh, Jurassic Park 3 or Jurassic World 3. Has anybody seen that? Or is it 3 or 2? Yeah, it's it's the latest one. Chris Pratt and uh, the dinosaurs are on the island and a volcano is coming. And, oh, no, we got to get the volcanoes out because we got to get the, the dinosaurs off the volcano island because what if they go extinct again? Ooh... And you got Jeff Goldblum, spoiler alert, you got Jeff Goldblum in a in a courtroom telling some members of World Council that, no, 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 we shouldn't be saving these things. They, they should go extinct again. There's a reason they were extinct, and we should let them go extinct. But oh no, people are greedy, so they steal the dinosaurs, spoiler alert, they steal the dinosaurs, and we're going to sell them on the black market to to big game hunters and to to world defense leaders and and mobsters who want their own dinosaur for protection or for for shooting or for whatever. So, you can just guess how the movie's going to go. It's a predictable outline, it's a predictable. So, Chris Pratt is probably the best part of the of the thing because he's funny. I mean, he's got he's got one great line in it where, you know, the girl comes to get him and she's like, you know, I want you to come and help me and he's like, no. She's like, what do you mean? No. He's like, I don't want to. That's a terrible idea. I don't want to go. And then at a certain point, she talks him into it. And he's going off on a mission that's pretty dangerous. And he looks at her and he says, remember, if I don't make it back, you talked me into this. And he walks away. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that's funny. That's a funny line. You talked me into this. I mean people don't talk like that in movies anymore. I mean, they don't they don't just say the the thing they're thinking. And I think that that's more Chris Pratt than it is anything else. He he sort of is himself in everything he does. I mean, in Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of that is just his attitude and his humor. Um I'm watching Parks and Rec right now on Netflix. I did not watch it when it was on TV, and I started watching this not really into it, but just kind of wanted something on TV. And I started paying attention to it and getting more and more into it. And he has a character on the show that gets more and more popular. uh, Andy Dwyer, I think is his name on the show. And it's just Chris Pratt being himself. I mean, it's almost like they hit the cameras and when they, and and they were like, here's some things we're going to do, but you guys just kind of riff with it. Just have fun with it. And he's just silly. And he's silly like that in real life. And you know, I think this is a weird way of me saying that I'm a Chris Pratt fan, but I'm not a Jurassic world fan. Um, I'm glad I didn't pay money to watch that piece of garbage movie. Uh, but Chris Pratt during the fires in California, I think it was right around that time. He had just done the Lego two movie and had just done a commercial for Chevy for their pickup trucks as the Lego guy. Uh, what was his name on the show? Emmett. And he was like, so, uh, you know, is there any perks that come along with this? And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And he's like, I mean, I want a truck. And they're like, what? And he goes, I want, I want a, I want a truck. I'm doing a commercial for the truck. I want a truck. Can I get a truck? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get you a truck. So they gave him a truck. So he did like an Instagram post and he's got his, he, ba- He's got just his regular street clothes on and a baseball cap. And he's like, hey, so, you know, i got a truck. I'm, I'm moving. I'm, I'm, I'm moving in with my girl. You know, we, we're getting engaged and we're going to we're start a family. And, you know, got it all loaded up. And he's patting the side of the truck. And he goes, if anybody else out there needs help moving, just give me a call. Man, i gotta, I got to pick up now. You know, and <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. It's just a regular guy that accidentally became a, a celebrity. I mean, he's just like, you know, somebody pointed a camera at me at the right time. And boom, here I am. And I'm just going to have fun with this. And good for him. Good for him. So, um, I don't know what I'm going to call this podcast. The uh, the yay for Chris Pratt, boo for Jurassic World movie? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm left unsupervised. This is what you get. You know, th- this is a free content podcast, and you get what you pay for. Uh, this is also episode 88, which I mentioned earlier. And all I can think of at 88 is is uh, Michael Irvin, Dallas Cowboys. He wore the 88. And I don't know why I just remember him. I know lots of wide receivers wear 88, but somehow he's the one that sticks out in my brain. Number 88, Michael Irvin. Michael, if you're watching this, uh, was never a huge fan, but you're a tremendous athlete. And now that you're in the Pro Bowl, I totally get it. You are worth Every bit of the Pro Bowl selection, buddy, you are a heck of a wide receiver. I don't care for you as an announcer, but that's just your, it's just personality. I mean, I don't know if it's because you sound like Stephen A. Smith or what. I mean, just the the, the anger and the, the, I don't know, the energy level just seems confrontational in a way that it doesn't have to be. Maybe that's from being an athlete. Maybe that's from being in the locker room all the time and having to, to do combat with a guy who's in your face all the time. Maybe. I don't know. Tony Romo. Wasn't a fan of his either, but I think I could have a beer with Tony Romo. I think that'd be fun. I think he'd be a fun hang. I think he'd be the kind of guy that's like, after a few beers, he's like, "You see that boat out there? Let's go sink it. And like he'd run out there and jump on the boat and flip it over or something, you know, something silly. He just, he looked like he'd just be a, a kind of a goofy guy to hang around with that would once in a while do something unexpected. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. So I'm talking nonsense now. I'm going to wrap this up. Kind of short one today. Deal with it. Um, if you guys want to be part of the podcast, you can be a part of it. Just let me know. Um, I am making a video for my buddy Greg on YouTube on how to make a podcast on Anchor, and I'm sort of going step-by-step using just the phone to kind of show some things. So, if anybody else out there is wanting to start a podcast, maybe about Pickleball, Josh West, um, maybe about Bourbon, Greg Steele, um, maybe about anything, Charles Allsbrooks, none of you guys are listening to my podcast, but I'm calling you out anyway, because maybe archive wise you might watch this one day and be like, "Oh look, there's Josh. I didn't mention me. Hey, what do you say about me?" That ain't cool. You know, whatever. Y- you're not going to listen to this, so <laughs> Anyway, y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Um, Eric Polston hit me up, man. We're going to Disney and we're going to hang out. I want you to point to things and be like, "See that? That's actually la la," and I'll be like, "Oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Eric." And we'll be besties. People, let me tell you about my best friend. You know what? You know, we could even sing that song and dance. I don't. I don't care. I got no shame. So, that's it. Take care now. Bye. <laughs>